and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's show, Alan Dillon, Beef Specialist and Green Acres Programme Manager, gives us an update on the Dairy Calf to Beef Programme, as well as the key targets for the rearing phase. The, the Green Acres Programme was launched there in, in, in early 2019, that was phase two. Um, if you were to summarise, I suppose, how the year went, it was it was mixed. I suppose weather went our way. Uh, unfortunately, the price of beef didn't, and that was the biggest problem we had. Um, we are in expansion mode on most of these farms, so these farms would have had farm plans done in, in the spring of 2019 and early summer, um, and these plans would be spread out over then. The, the change would be spread over three years. So in general, we've looked at improving the areas like grassland management, herd health, um, increasing levels of output, etc., maybe changing system in certain areas. Um, there would be a mix of systems on farms, so we would have, the vast majority would be doing uh, two-year-old two, two or 30-month steer beef. Um, the, number, the breeds would be, majority would be coming in as Frisian calves. There would be a good lot of um, Angus and Hereford also, a small number of continental calves, but the vast majority we'd be dealing with would be Frisians. Um, weight gains have been fairly good on the farm so far this year. We have, in most cases, we have hit our targets. Uh, and over the winter period, the calves have done quite well because silage quality was up, was very good in a lot of the farms. The vast majority of the farms hit in excess of 70 DMD silage. And this is a help, I suppose, when you're dealing with low beef prices that we had a large amount of weight gain from grass on our, on our store cattle and our calves. And we had good quality silage to reduce the meal bill over the winter period. The Green Acres Phase 2 of the programme was built on the success of the Phase 1. Can you tell me what was achieved from Phase 1 of the programme? Okay, phase one of the programme ran for three years. Um, it was quite successful uh, in that it, it achieved the gross mar- a net margin per hectare across uh, all the farms of in and around um, 500 euros per hectare, uh, which is still the target for phase two of the programme. Uh, most of the farms on average were making a net loss prior to joining the programme. So in, in effect, they achieved a, an increase in profitability of around 500 euros per hectare. And a number of areas are worked on, similar to what's been worked on now in terms of improving herd health on farms, um, looking at sourcing calves from less sources. So we've, we had a number of farms that were sourcing calves from multiple sources. And this was probably leading to elements of herd health issues on farm uh, from calves mixed in marts and long draws and trailers, etc. Trying to, I suppose, work on bringing calves from direct from farm onto, onto the rearing farm, etc. It was led by Gordon Peppered in phase one. Um, they had 14 farms and I suppose overall it was a very positive message in terms of showing a calf to beef system that can be profitable. Um, and, and I suppose that's what we're hoping to do again in phase two. It, the, the current beef prices are making it a little bit more tricky over the past year or so, but um, hopefully we're hoping things are going to get a bit better. There are a number of stakeholders involved in the programme. Who are they and what do they bring to the programme? Yeah, we, we have a, a total of seven stakeholders in this programme and they all bring something different. Um, Munster Bovine, MSD, Drummonds, Volac, uh, Corteva, AgriScience, um, Liffey Mills and AgriLand are media partners. So I suppose if you look at, you know, MSD, a lot of experience in animal health and, and vaccinations and, and, and there's a lot of info to be got there. Um, the likes of Olac are involved in, um, you know, milk replacer and, and what quality milk replacer should you be buying for your calves and mixing it, temperature, etc. A lot of information being got from them. Um, Corteva are involved, of course, in, in, in mainly in grassland sprays and that and improving grassland management, weed control, etc. Um, 
Munster Bovine, I suppose they're they're obviously an AI company and they're they're working with us as well on on improving the the quality of calves coming through breeding. So the the dairy beef index is a big focus of them. Uh, and then you've Liffey Mills and Drummonds, who are who are of course merchants, and they will would be involved in um in in directing us in terms of uh, feed quality etc and uh, pro- cost of uh, a feed on farms so if everyone brings something different to the table um and they i suppose while they're involved with us they're not really interfering with us they let us work away on the program and let us develop the farms as best we can but um they're always there they're a good backup to have there are two advisors on the program james fitzgerald and sean cummins what is their role in the program yeah, I suppose this program is very different to what most farmers would get from, I suppose, dealing with our local B&T advisor in that it's it's a very intensive program. It's an intensive advisory program that we've put in place where an advisor will arrive out in your farm probably every four weeks. We've a farm plan put together, a, tr- a three-year farm plan that the farmer is expected to work towards for the duration of while he's in this program. And the likes of Sean and James will be calling out to these farmers, as I said, every four weeks or thereabouts, implementing the changes, ensuring that we're hitting our targets. If there's issues on the farm, we have to maybe relook at the at, at targets we've set or look at problems as to why why we're not achieving those targets, maybe in terms of weight gain, in terms of grass growth, silage quality, um, calf health, etc. And they're ensuring that all these targets are going to be hit. And so we achieve our target of hitting an in, in excess of 500 euros a hectare net margin on these farms. And that's their, their main role. You mentioned a number of areas there that the 13 participants are focused on. What are the main areas? Uh, the main areas we're dealing with would be uh, rearing of the calves. So look, calves are arriving on these farms. We had some farmers buying calves from multiple sources. Um, was One farm in particular, I think, had over 30 sources because calves have been bought through dealers, etc. And look, we're trying to limit that more. And that A calf, I suppose, is a susceptible animal. It doesn't have a great immunity at a very young age. We're trying to get more link-ups between dairy, the dairy and the beef farmer. So the calves will hopefully travel directly from the dairy farm to the beef farm. Minimal stress on the calf. We're sure then of the, the amount of beastings the calf has got. We're sure maybe the calf health. And we might probably have a better idea of the breed makeup of the calf. So we should be getting a better quality animal into our farm if we can make these link-ups. Um, farm planning, a very important element. So we have a three-year farm plan put in place for all these farmers. And they're working towards that. Um, over the duration of the programme. So they would be expected to, to follow this plan fairly much to the letter of the law. If any changes, they will come back to us and see about what we, we think on these issues. Um, and that will hopefully drive their output, drive their profitability and leave them a better place financially. Uh, animal health, big area on, on farms. We have a number of the farms, I suppose, in their initial year and in previous years before they joined the programme had problems with herd health, mainly pneumonia issues in calves. That was the main one we were finding um, across across the, the programme calves. And we're working, I suppose, with with, uh, with vets and with the farmers and bringing in maybe the likes of our, our, our partners, MSD, in the programme to look at ways of mitigating against these kind of issues arising on farms. So calves are, are achieving their daily weight gains, they're staying healthy, um, lower levels of vet costs across farms and um, less antibiotic use. So grassland management we will be touching on also. I suppose it's the cornerstone of, of, of how we're going to achieve our weight gain cheaply on farms. So a lot of these farms need a bit of work in terms of uh, farm infrastructure. So paddocking out farms, placing of water trucks, um, putting in roadways maybe, improving soil fertility, receding, um, controlling weeds, etc. And putting a, a good grassland management plan in place. So our farmers are out measuring grass on a weekly basis. 
uh, feeding into pasture-based Ireland. So at the minute, um, we, we're just looking at the, at the results from, from 2019 and we're trying to see, I suppose, can we top that this year again? Hopefully we can in terms of grassland output. Uh, the financial management then on these farms is something we have to kind of constantly keep an eye on. There is a big, I suppose, risk, I suppose, with expanding a farm and increasing output that you may result in cash flow difficulties because you're, you're lacking sales and you have extra money gone into buying in stock on the farm while you're trying to push output levels and achieve highly, higher, higher levels of, of, of over, uh, overall farm performance. So we're working closely with, with farms, um, maybe talking to banks if needs be, etc., to try and, um, try and, I suppose, put facilities in place to carry the farms through this expansion phase. And finally, I suppose, side fertility. It's, it's, I've mentioned it already, I suppose, in terms of grassland management, but um, it's something that's really lacking in terms of uh, across the country, really, especially on beef farms. The, the, the levels of P and K and uh, soil pH on farms is, is a lot lower than what's, what would be deemed satisfactory. And it's resulting, I suppose, in poorer levels of grass growth and um, less daily live weight gain from grass, which is, which is the cheapest source we have of, of daily live weight gain. So we're trying to put in place plans to improve soil fertility, spreading a lot of lime on these farms at the minute, a lot of investment in that, changing fertilisers, we're moving away from, I suppose, fertiliser types with low levels of P and K to maybe moving towards more 18, 6, 12, 10, 10, 20 type fertilisers to drive up the soil fertility and targeting slurry as well at low at uh, low soil indexes. You mentioned calf rearing. For farmers listening, what are the main points of focus from your experience? Um, I suppose ensuring calf health, that is the, probably the, the first thing you have to watch. If, if a calf arrives in your farm, you have to make sure that that calf hits its t- daily live weight gain for the duration of the rearing period. Um, we will be promoting, I suppose, vaccination of calves uh, as much as possible and trying to limit antibiotic use on farms. A number of the farms would have had outbreaks of pneumonia with calves arriving in the springtime this year. And I suppose not only is it a detriment to daily live weight gain, but also there's a huge cost associated with that, both in terms of live weight gain lost um, and also in terms of vet bills, antibiotics, etc. We're, we're entering a period of where AMR, antimicrobial resistance, is, is coming to the forefront and the use of antibiotics could be restricted a lot more in years ahead. So we're promoting, I suppose, calves to be vaccinated on arrival uh, or shortly after arrival with uh, a product that will cover R- both RSV and PI3, the two main strains of pneumonia that are hitting calves. Um, ensuring calves have a I suppose a, a good bed and a, and, a, and a deep bed of straw when they arrive and they're in a, in, a, in a shed that's suitable for calf rearing that has good ventilation but also is able to uh, ensure that calves are in a warm environment you don't want calves being put into, into a shed that is probably cold with dra- cold and drafty um, with low levels of bedding so calves maybe won't be able to nest into, into the straw and also that um, the, the, the air will be, be stale you want to ensure that, that there's constant source of fresh air in the, in the shed and that the old stale air can escape out of the shed um, to ensure that calves remain uh, healthy and their, their lungs remain remain in good order. Um, in terms of, I suppose, rearing them then, in terms of milk replacer, look, you're looking for a, a, good, so, a good quality milk replacer from a reputable source. You're looking at a protein content of, look, around 23% is probably adequate for the vast majority of calves in the country. Maybe if you're looking at growing he- uh, Holstein Frisian heifers, uh, you may look at a slightly higher level, but overall around 23% is probably fairly adequate. Um, in terms of the, the, the ingredients, the main ingredients should be either skim milk or whey. They would be the two main ingredients that, that you will be looking for in a, in, a, in a milk replacer. And ensure that the, the product is mixed properly, temperature is adequate, etc. Follow the instructions on the bag, I suppose. All these, all these products have a, 
good instructions on the back as to how to mix them, how to how to feed them, etc. And also, I would say hygiene around feeding utensils extremely important. Ensure that they're washed and cleaned with um with a suitable product after every use, and um. I suppose that, that calves are not ingesting dirt or, or bugs in, in, in whatever they're, when they're being fed. Labour is a huge issue in this phase. What innovations are available on farm to help with this stage? Um, I suppose some of the farmers have gone down the route of an automatic feeder. Now, they are expensive. There's a variety of, of, of options available in terms of buying them. Some have bought new, some have bought second hand. It depends on how many calves you're going to feed, whether you go down this route. They are a great help in terms of cutting down on, on labour requirements, but look, these machines are very are, are quite expensive and you would want to be committed to rearing a large number of calves and rearing calves for a long number of years to justify such a product. Um, mo- a lot of farmers are still using just uh, the, the teat feeders with 10 teats in them. It's quite a simple and cheap way of doing it. And look, for, for buying in, if you're buying in 20, 30, 40 calves, it's probably adequate for, for your operation. You've mentioned the importance of herd health and housing. What are the main changes that farmers in the programme have done and encountered in order to resolve issues going forward in 2020? I suppose what we're looking at on farms is, is, is the quality of calf sheds, I suppose, and the quality of calf housing. In a lot of cases on farms, you go on to, that, that, that you go on to farms, you will see that, I suppose, the calf shed is generally a shed that was used for something else in a previous life. It may have been a, a converted hay barn or a machinery shed or something else. Um, and, and these sheds may not be designed for calves. The first thing to check is, I suppose, is ventilation, right? Has has the, the shed got adequate um, area for the old stale air to escape? Can vent, can air circulate through the shed, new air come in? Uh, also, the drainage in the shed. The, the, one of the biggest things is, is with, with flat roof, with flat floors, should I say, uh, is that um, the, there is not enough drainage coming out of where the calves are lying. So, Calves may be lying in in a, in a wet bed, even though there might be new straw on top. There probably could be still liquid trapped in the old uh, manure and straw underneath. And this is releasing ammonia into the calves' lungs. And this can have a detrimental effect on, on the respiratory performance of the calf. So we will be looking at maybe trying to improve drainage, putting slopes into floors that calves will be lying on, to, leading into a drain so that the, the bed will stay dry, or is cutting channels maybe into the into the floor, the herringbone system to relieve liquid flow. It's something farmers should always check is, I always say, when, when you go into a calf shed and you see where calves are bedded, bring in a four-pronged fork and dig down into the bedding. See, is the bedding wet? And, and, and is there a smell of ammonia off it underneath? If it is, in spite of the fact you may be bedding calves with new straw, they're still releasing that ammonia up into their lungs. As a rule of thumb, what are the key targets that farmers should be targeting to achieve with calves at the end of this rearing phase? I suppose you'll be looking at around uh, 0.7 kilos per day, roughly. Uh, that would be roughly around your target daily live weight gain. Um, and if, if the calves should be eating an adequate amount of concentrate around the time that they're between off milk. So when a calf is coming off milk, they should be eating probably in ex- well in excess of a kilo per day of concentrate. Um, probably 16 to 18% concentrate will do the calves fine. Uh, and once once they're on that level, uh, you're probably safe enough to start weeding the calf, putting them out to grass. I suppose the one thing we've seen is that calves generally are having a bit of trouble thriving with uh, on new grass when they go out for the first time. So if you could possibly put calves maybe in an older type pasture, uh, calves tend to thrive a bit better. They do seem to have a bit of trouble digesting maybe perennial ryegrass when they're put out. There's been major developments in breeding. As we know from experience, no two calves are the same when they get to two years of age. Are farmers in the programme using the dairy beef index? 
yes, and they are they are using the dairy beef index, and they would be encouraging, I suppose, the dairy farmers that they're dealing with to also select bulls off the dairy beef index. So. When they're picking a bull, they're generally looking for a bull with a positive carcass trait. So you're dealing with a positive figure for carcass in around, hopefully, in excess of 8 to 10 kilos. Um, for Frisians, I suppose, you're generally hoping that they'll come somewhere near 0 kilos or a little bit better uh, for uh, for carcass traits. But overall, look, farmers are trying to trying to source calves with better genetics. Um, the vast majority of coming in that are in Frisian are, are Angus and Hereford. And they're hoping to maybe buy uh, calves from farms with some of the better bulls being used. This February, 600,000 dairy cows will calve. While some will be retained for breeding or exported, there will still be a significant number on the Irish market. What is the profitability of dairy calf to beef systems? Okay, Catherine, I suppose it very much depends on what the beef price is when you kill the calf versus and the buying price of the calf. We have a kind of a, a costs associated with rearing these calves at 24 months steer. So if we take probably the Frisian bull calf, the Hereford or Angus, or even the, 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 the Jersey cross calf, you could put a round figure for an efficient producer of around €1,000 uh, between fixed and variable costs to take that calf through to finish as a two-year-old steer. And this is for an e- extremely efficient producer stocked at 2.5 livestock units per hectare. The lower down the stocking rate you go, the more of a fixed cost you have associated with the animal, so your cost could go to maybe eleven or twelve hundred euros. Then you have to take the buying price into account. I suppose we would say if you're taking if you're taking a calf for free, a Frisian calf, we would say at at current prices you would make a net margin of around seventy two euros per head over two years on that calf. If beef prices improve to around let's say four euros per kilo or thereabouts, you'll probably go up to around 170 euros per calf or thereabouts, okay? It's it's very much dependent on beef price and buying price. But every every 40 cent uh, increase or decrease in price from from 350 would swing the the, the profitability by around 125 euros per head. In relation to the weanlings that are being turned out in the coming weeks on farms, what are the main factors to focus on? For those weanlings that are going out, I suppose, to ensure that they have all their vaccines received and their doses, they're free of lungworm and fluke going out to grass, and that you keep, I suppose, grass quality in front of them uh, as good as can be uh, as can be possibly achieved. You need to start ro- grazing them in a rotational, rotational grazing system, keep good covers of grass, uh, let's say around fourteen to 1,600 kilos dry matter per hectare ahead of them at all times. Um, they say we always have the rule... Grazing three days, growing three weeks. This will this will suffice for the for the main grazing season. Take out paddocks, um, as they, as they become too strong, and um, aim to achieve I suppose something between two ten and two fifty days at grass minimum, over the year. Uh, these are light animals, so I suppose you have the benefit that they can go out maybe slightly earlier than than your older heavier stock, uh, without doing any damage to ground. So, um, they have a big benefit in that way, and try to achieve. I suppose as high, a high daily weight, live weight gain as you can possibly can at grass. You've covered a lot of important points there, Ellen. What would be the top three recommendations you have for farmers listening in relation to buying calves now at the moment? Uh, in, in terms of sourcing calves, I suppose we would recommend sourcing directly from farm, um, ensure that the calf has received its colostrum when it was born, uh, that the calf looked healthy, and uh, you may also have an idea then of the genetic makeup of the calf when, when you're buying them. Uh, and it's good also to build a relationship with dairy farms. Many dairy farms looking to build a relationship with a beef farmer that will take the calves early in the time. Uh, in terms of calf health, I suppose we're looking across program farms in the Green Acres as, as promoting the vaccination program as best we can. We're trying to use less antibiotics on the farms and um, 
hopefully end up with less setbacks to, 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 to calf growth. And also, I suppose, uh, when like the, in the second year, one, one thing to, to watch is the, the grassland management. I suppose we're, we talked earlier about um, uh, yearlings being turned out to grass. Really, it's your, it's your time to achieve very high levels of daily live weight gain at, at, on a cheap cost. Uh, and an early turnout and good grassland management throughout the year is, uh, is essential to achieving this. Some very useful information there, Alan. Thanks very much for joining me on the show. Okay, Catherine, thanks very much. And also just remember that uh, on the Green Acres Dairy Calf to Beef programme, we have uh, regular features on AgriLand uh, every week. And also we will be having about four events throughout 2020, uh, starting in, in April and running out, running out through the summer. It can be, uh, be notified online and uh, through Chagas. Looking forward to those dates. Thanks, Alan. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Alan for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.